Welcome to episode 12 of the Intermittent Fasting Journal. I am so glad that you have joined our Facebook group, the Intermittent Fasting Journal, if you're watching this live, or that you have found me on iTunes or at the blog, DonnaReach.com. So this is episode 12, week 12 of the Intermittent Fasting Journal, of my Intermittent Fasting Journey as well. And so uh, that means that um, I have at the 12 week mark for my intermittent fasting. My husband is at the four week mark at this, at this stage and um, we're having great results and I am greatly enjoying teaching intermittent fasting. I love teaching everything that I teach. Um, but I was teaching a lot of low carb and I like teaching low carb because I really understand it. But, um, I didn't enjoy teaching it as much as I enjoy teaching intermittent fasting because of my success, right? We always enjoy teaching and helping others with things that we have more success with, right? So anyway, intermittent fasting is amazing, and I'm here to tell you about our my week 12 and uh, give you some listener lessons as well today. So uh, first of all, I do a 19-5, and that is what I've been doing this week as well. And so just as a little recap, 19-5 means that you fast for 19 out of every 19 hours out of every 24 hours, and you eat for five. All right. And so that is called 19-5 in fasting terms a lot of times. And you'll see it written as 19 colon 5. Um, other times you'll see 20 colon 4, you know, 21 colon 3. It all adds up to 24 hours, right? Um, you'll also hear other protocols like 16-8. And I'm going to be discussing some of that here today when I talk about fat adaption. But <clears throat> um, 19.5 has been working really well for me. I did do some longer fast, longer being like 24, 25, 26 hours, different times. And um, I really didn't feel like the benefits of that um, outweighed the way I felt during it. I And I know that we get better and better. And that's one of the things I really encourage in the Facebook group, the Intermittent Fasting Journal group, is not to get discouraged at first when it's so hard. And um, I just made a video last week about five different ways to start up with intermittent fasting that you can find in the Intermittent Fasting Journal Facebook group. It was a live video um, because sometimes it's really hard for people to just go out of the gate and do, you know, a 20 hour fast, a 19 hour fast right away. And then they get discouraged. So I think that there are some training wheels, so to speak, that we can put in place to help our friends and loved ones be able to adapt to this lifestyle and get all the benefits without having to be perfect right off the bat. So go check that out if you want help with that. But for me, I know the 19.5 has been really uh, good now that I've settled into uh, OMAD over three. Okay, this is kind of a little uh, mathematical formula, which is funny because I am language lady in other places. That's where I write about language arts and writing and grammar and all those good things. Other things I love teaching about. Um, but uh, the OMAD over three is my mathematical formula. I like to say that because my husband is the mathematician. I like for him to know that I can do some math too. And so OMAD over three means you have one meal a day, O-M-A-D divided by, that's what a fraction line means, it means to divide, divided by three, so we're going to divide that one meal a day up into three parts. 
Now, you'll hear different schools of thought, and one isn't exactly official. Um, there are some people who call it OPAD, one plate a day, which means they just sit down, they eat at one time, whatever they eat in that, in that, on that plate is their only time that they eat that day. And they say that that's a true OMAD. Other people say OMAD is a window of time in which you eat a meal and you might have a snack or a dessert or whatever else, but you do not eat two meals. Um, and that's important to note in, in, in just sheer calories. And we're going to get to that in just a little bit as well. So my OMAD three, OMAD divided by three means that I open my window with a snack slash appetizer slash salad slash soup, whatever it might be. And then an hour or two later, I eat my meal, my entree. And then an hour or so later, if I still want something, I eat my dessert. And this has really worked out well with um, appetite correction, which I spoke about in episodes 10 and 11. Uh, just a little uh, a housekeeping issue here. You can go to DonnaRish.com, click on the drop down where it says Intermittent Fasting Journal, and it has a um, table of contents, so to speak. And you can go to the Intermittent Fasting Journal podcast episodes, and each one has its own thumbnail with that episode's contents. So it's really easy to find. Like if you want to go in and you want to hear me talk about OMAD, you want to hear me talk about appetite correction, you want to hear me talk about fat adaption, you want to hear me talk about self-talk, those type of things, they're written on the front of each thumbnail for each episode. Uh, my tech girl is amazing at making things clear for me so that I can make things clear for you. So uh, that's really helpful there. It also has on the same drop down has my five tip slideshows. So if you are wanting more information about a certain topic, like um, there's five tip, five ways that intermittent fasting seems upside down compared to other weight loss protocols. Five ways to have a great fasting weekend. Five ways to start your new week in fasting. Five uh, th five tips that you uh, might need a shorter eating window. All of those, and those are in slideshow blog posts. So anyway, that's a little bit of housekeeping there because when I refer to things in the blog post, I mean in the podcast and in the video cast, I like for you to be able to find them, and they're very easy to find at DonnaReach.com in the drop down for the journal in her minute fasting journal. All right. So the OMAD uh, divided by three actually is a really helpful thing um, that I have discovered for myself to in the beginning, you know, we always have this kind of eating. If you're not on a certain eating protocol, if you're not on like whole 30 or paleo or keto, we have a tendency to just open our window with a free-for-all, right? And so this OMAD, while you're waiting for appetite correction to set in and you're waiting for your body to say, I've had enough, I'm done. And you can just close that window for 20 more hours. And it's just no big deal. And you start to feel really, really uh, used to this way of eating and your body is adapted to it and it's not a huge deal. But until that time, OMAD over three is one way that we can uh, create some boundaries for ourselves without having to go back to counting, without having to count carbs, having to count fat grams, having to count calories, all right? We can just say, you know what? I'm going to do this model of eating until my body does it for itself. And it will if you stay with it and you're consistent and you never 
ever stop, right? Um, we don't need to stop. And you hear me say this all the time in the group. We don't need to stop intermittent fasting. We don't need to stop. We don't need to start. We don't need to go off. We don't need to go on. We don't need to do that because we can truly make this a way of life. And it is way easier than any other way of life. So the OMAD could be two hours, three hours, four hours. I've heard of people up to five. Sometimes mine is five hours. That's in a 19-5 protocol. So in that case, I might open my window at like three o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock and have green beans. You guys know I'm crazy about green beans. So I'll have one of my special green bean recipes there in the they're at the blog as well as in the intermittent fasting journal group. Um, I'll have one of some of my uh, special green beans. And then a couple of hours later, I'll eat dinner with my husband. And then if I still want something after that, that's when I'll have my peanut M&Ms or my dessert or my low-carb cupcake or my um, regular cupcake. It just depends on what, what I want, right? But uh, appetite correction is set in, so I don't just, like, eat all night. It's an amazing thing. It truly is. I mean, seriously, I can have my dessert and then say, okay, it's 7. I'm done. It's 7.30. I'm done. I'll be okay until 4 tomorrow. And truly, truly be done. And it is an amazing feeling. Um, but it's that OMAD over three helps helped me do that because when I was opening my window with sugar or with carbohydrates or with sweets and things like that, then I would just want to keep on eating those because I didn't um, have the fat adaption. I, mean, I didn't have the appetite correction in place. Whereas when you eat real food, appetite correction sets in. So. Yeah, a lot of people do eat desserts um, most days um, if they still want it after they eat their meal. And another thing, of course, with the uh, with my week 12 and what I've really found is the importance of planning. There are a lot of reasons for planning. And one of the reasons is so that you don't um, write a note here for the. Uh, outline. One of the reasons that we want to plan so well is because it helps us stay faithful to the fast. I know that when I know in my mind, okay, at 3.30, at 4 o'clock, I'm going to have my salad, or at 3.30 or 4 o'clock, I'm going to have my green beans, or I'm going to have my uh, healthy crackers with cheese, or whatever it might be, I know that that's going to happen. And then I know during my eating window, I'm going to have this. And if I still want Something after that, I'm going to have a bowl of ice cream. And I know that, so I have my fasting window in place. And it's like, why would I need to stop? Why would I need to stop fasting today? Why would I need to eat earlier? Because I know what I'm going to have later. And and it's, and it's I'm going to feel satisfied. I'm going to get my nutrition. I'm going to feel um, satisfied with the tastes too, right? And I know I'm going to have that. So why do I need to do anything different? I don't need to. I don't need to stop. So planning really helps during the fasting period as well, because you know what you have to look forward to in your eating window. Planning also helps, especially in the first two to four weeks while you're waiting for that appetite correction to set in. It helps because you can say, I'm opening my window with this. I'm having this for my meal. If I still want dessert, I'm having one of these, and then I'm done. And you don't you're not doing the whole counting and all of the um, things that you're trying to leave behind. You're not doing that. But at the same time, you are building boundaries for yourself when you're waiting for appetite correction. So really, really helpful. 
so planning is really great and planning helps me immensely i i plan um and in a previous episode i believe it was episode nine i talked a lot about adjusting your window for holidays and things and so you can go check that out too because that is a part of the planning planning for tomorrow's fast today so that i know when i need to close my window tonight to get my 20 hours in or my 19 hours in or whatever it is that i'm going for i can plan that and I can base today's fast on what I'm going to do tomorrow as well. All right. So um, this particular week, I was at a writing retreat in Kentucky with my daughter. And it was very eye-opening. And I did a Facebook Live in the Intermittent Fasting Journal uh, group about this because it was so eye-opening to me. Because um, we forget sometimes what it used to be like, right? And and I'm only, you know, 12 weeks in at this point. But we still kind of forget <laughs> that things used to be really, really, really hard, right? And so um, by going on this writing retreat, this is the uh, third or fourth one I've gone on with her. And so when I was there, it just reminded me of how it had been when I'd gone before. And so that was super, super um, important to me because it, it just made it come back to me about how much I love this way of life and how difficult it was other times. So the first time I went with her about three years ago, she goes a couple times a year for a master's seminar. Um, she's getting a master's of divinity at Asbury in Kentucky. So I go down with her and have a writing retreat. I have written a hundred books um, in for language arts and I write for blogs and so forth where you see me. And so, um, I uh, go with her and I work on writing all week and I don't teach that week and I don't have grandkids that week and I don't do other things. I just focus on my writing that week. And when I first went with her three years ago, I remember, you know, just really, really struggling to not eat special foods all the time. Because you know how when we get into special circumstances, we think we should have special foods. Right. And so. This, you know, vending machines everywhere and, you know, going out to eat a lot. Uh, We would, you know, she would come back and maybe uh, we would eat lunch together in the room during her lunch break. And then in the evenings we would go out. And uh, then in between there, I had my candy and my cookies and different things that I packed. But one thing that was, uh, this was three years ago, one thing that was super significant about this is that they have these warm cookies that they bake on demand or they run them in this little toaster oven at the front desk. And so um, I just found myself and I remembered when I went this time how the entire week was just like a cookie fest. I just could not. I would wait for the shift to change so people wouldn't know that I was getting so many cookies. You know, you just you remember those days of how when you didn't have the control that we now have with intermittent fasting, how hard it was, you know, and so that was that. And then two years ago, I was doing much better. I had started supplementing by that time and I was doing much better, but I took so much food and I spent the weekend before I left on Monday cooking and baking and getting things ready to have all my low carb foods there. So, um, you know, I baked my low carb bread and I, um, you know, made my low carb goodies and I made my nut mixes and, and just all kinds of things. And I spent the entire weekend getting ready for it. And I just remember being in the room all day and she would bring back like Subway or something for herself and I would eat what I brought and I would eat low carb, but I would just eat all day long. And I can remember just being there and it was kind of like 
I would say, you know, okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna eat again for a little while because when you're bored like that, I mean, I had a lot to do, but I was all by myself, literally eight hours a day for the whole week. And I would, you know, say, well, at the end of this blog post or at the end of this chapter of this book or at the end of this lesson, I was going to eat. And then I would eat, you know, and two hours later I would eat. And, and I just remember then this time when I went, everything was different. For one thing, I didn't get a cookie. And it's not because I wouldn't allow myself those cookies because now, you know, you think finally you're not counting anything. You can have cookies, right? But uh, the reason that I didn't have the cookies was wasn't because I couldn't have them, but it was because I um, didn't have enough time and space for them, right? And I talked about this last week about how in episode 11 about how there's just not enough time and space to eat everything. So you have to pick what's nutrient dense and what satisfies you because you don't have enough time and space just to eat everything. And so, yes, those cookies were great, but I went out to eat each evening with my daughter, and I look forward to that restaurant meal, and we would sometimes get ice cream after our meal, or we would get a dessert at the restaurant, or we would have sheer candy uh, while we were playing cards that night, all in my eating window. And so I didn't have any space built in for the cookies. <laughs> so anyway, um, I opened my window while I was there with my oranges or my nuts, you know, something uh, a little bit more nutrient dense and not so carby and um, not so caloric. I guess nuts are caloric, but just to satisfy myself until we went to, for our meal. So anyway, it was just really interesting that that was a, a, a moment in time when I could recall exactly what it used to look like when it when I wasn't doing well, what it looked like when I was eating all the time, even though I was eating low carb versus what it looks like now. And um, it is harder to stay on intermittent fasting when you're in unusual circumstances. You know, uh, like here I have students coming and going and I have different things built in. So, you know, you have these things and, you know, well, this two hour block is going to be for this and this two hour block is going to be for this. Even working for myself, I know that because of. Uh, Plexus customers and ambassadors coming and going and uh, students coming and going and online students whom I teach also. So it's just different when you're in different circumstances, but that's all a part of making it a lifestyle. And it's something that we really have to do, be able to do. All right. I also was excited that it was way easier to travel. I just grabbed, you know, some oranges and um apples and nuts and a bag of peanut M&Ms and I was out the door. I didn't bake. I didn't cook. I didn't, you know, take a bunch of stuff. I didn't fill the refrigerator once I got there with all my perishables that I was going to be eating for snacks and lunches and so forth. So it was cool. All right. So <clears throat> nine uh, pounds in 12 weeks. And I'm super excited with that. Super happy with that. Um, because as I mentioned before, this has been over uh, Thanksgiving week. Two, uh, two weeks of Christmas and um, New Year's, a one-week vacation, and now a one-week riding retreat. So out of the 12 weeks, I've had special things, five of the 12. Well, we all know what special things usually means to lifelong dieters, right? Special things mean we're not going to stay faithful anymore. We're going to jump off. We're going to come back later. We're going to change it, uh, you know, change it up. We're going to go off just for this special week. But five weeks is too much special, right? Out of 12, I mean, that's almost half. Everything can't be special. 
And so um, I was able to keep the fast, 19-5, without any trouble at all. And um, I still was able to lose a little bit, go out to eat every evening, and it was great. Um, also, I mentioned last week that my husband has joined, and so this would have been his fifth week, and he was so faithful to intermittent fasting while I was gone. So he's he's definitely owning it. It's definitely his. It's not out. It's not mine that he's doing. And so I'm excited about that. And um, he was he was even like really really being uh, cognizant and careful about what he ate during his eating window since he didn't have me here to tempt him with other things, right? <laughs> so he did great, still losing really well. And I'm super always so cute too. He's in there. Anyway, he's sweet. Um, <clears throat> so he's doing super great. All right, so let's move into listener lessons because last week I went way over my time, so I'm going to try not to this time. And um, I want to talk about the analogies of glucose burning versus body fat burning. Um, I talked about one earlier in a podcast, uh, the one that I heard Jason Fung, Dr. Fung, talk about that I just love. And I love analogies because I'm an English teacher. I love any kind of English stuff. And um, the one that I already shared that I thought was really a cool one that you might be able to relate to was the one about the refrigerator versus the freezer. And so our glycogen, our glycogen stores and our circulating glucose, that is what we've eaten recently, the, those, those are what our body turns to first. Our body will turn to those to burn those first because they're easy to get to. And um, then our body will burn our fat. It'll burn our fat because, our body fat, because those aren't available. But it's always going to take the path of least resistance. And it's always going to choose the easiest fuel source to get to and to burn. And so uh, his analogy was great. It was that our glycogen stores and our circulating glucose is like a refrigerator. So you open the refrigerator and you grab an apple, you grab a chocolate, you grab, you know, a leftover or whatever, and you or you make a quick sandwich and it's really, really fast and it's easy to get to. And we don't have to do anything too special to it to eat it. Right. And so that is the way our body reacts to our glycogen stores or 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 our glucose uh, circulating glucose, because it's going to go in and take what's easy and fast and it's going to burn that first. And this is why we don't ever go into a true fat burning state while we are eating six times a day. Because we're always just refilling and refilling, and so the body never goes into its fat stores, but it just keeps on grabbing what's easy and what's fast and what's available. And then our fat, our body fat fuel uh, that we want to burn off is not used just like the deep freeze down in the cellar. All right. So that was his analogy that we have that we have to our refrigerator has to be completely empty or we have to have nothing there that we want anymore in order to go down to the cellar and get something out of the freezer, defrost it and prepare it. So it's the same idea that our body fat is harder to get to and um, we can't have anything easy available. Otherwise, our our body will not go to its stored fat. 
All right, the next one that I heard about uh, that is also similar that I thought would be a good analogy to share is the checking account versus a savings account. Now, this one is kind of old school because now, you know what we do, we pick up our phone and we take a transfer and we take it over there and then we have it out of our savings account. But old school protocol was such that we had a checking account and we had a savings account. And the checking account could only be accessed, believe it or not, back in the Stone Age, for those of us who are 55 years old, um, it could only be accessed if we wrote a check, either to the bank, check to self, remember check to self, you might be too young for that, or a check to somebody else, and then we went and cashed it at the bank. And so our checking account was easily available. You just wrote a check and that was it. And um, the savings account, though, you had to go in and you had to take your little savings booklet. You had to go to the bank. You had to get the money out of there in order to use it. You couldn't just write a quick check at the grocery out of your out of your savings account. And so it's the same idea with our glycogen stores versus our fat stores. That our glycogen stores and circulating glucose is like that checking account. You write a quick check, you get it right away. It's no big deal. The savings account is like the the body fat. You have to actually make an effort. Maybe you're out of checks. That used to happen, too, back in the Stone Age. And then you could go into the savings account. So I just think that anytime we can picture something, it makes it easier. And this is what I like to do for all of my students. I teach, actually, I teach kindergarten all the way up to 12th grade. So I like to to do, to do make things, break things down and make it easier for them to understand. And I like to do it for myself, too, and for you guys, too. All right. So the fat adaption process. This is when we stop using that fast, easy glycogen stores because they're empty they're depleted circulating glucose is gone and we don't have anything else to use for fuel so we start using our own body fat as fuel and there's all kinds of uh, timetables floating around like you know you can go 40 days without food your body has at least 40 days worth of storage fat storage in it where you use your own body fat and so um, that's one protocol. That's one thinking. Then there are also like people who have fasted, um, like very obese people who have fasted for, you know, nearly a year with only water. And they just kept using their own body and using their own body and had no ill effects from it. Um, I'm not advocating this. I'm just saying that that's how our body has fat stores that we can utilize um, all the time. So when does fat adaption happen? When do we stop using whatever it is that we ate yesterday or whatever it is that was stored in our glycogen stores or whatever is circulating from yesterday's eating and we start instead using our own body? Well, it's, as Rekha said, that it takes three to four weeks of daily intermittent, consistent daily intermittent fasting in order for this to happen. And a lot of people don't wait that long because they have hunger and they have, you know, issues or they're binging in their eating window and they don't wait for this to happen. They don't realize that if they just hang on, it will happen. It also will not happen if we go off and on. And that's why we really want to make intermittent fasting a lifestyle. Because if we go off and on, what we're doing is we're filling our glycogen stores so full that they never are depleted. And so there are uh, different ways that cause us to go into our fat store sooner. <coughs> Excuse me. For example, <coughs> 
for example, if it's said that it takes 12 to 16 hours of no food, uh, no calories at all, in order to go from our glycogen stores into our fat burning, and we have to get our body used to it. So what usually happens is that we, uh, if we start to feel, start to diminish our glycogen stores and our circulating glucose, <coughs> should have water in here with me. If we start depleting that, then we um, get so hungry, hangry even, that we start eating carbs and we start eating to refill it right away. And we're, and people who are starting to intermittent fast are sure that they can't intermittent fast because that feeling is so horrible. They could never do it every day for the rest of their lives. What they don't understand is you don't have to do that feeling every day for the rest of your life because you become fat adapted. So instead of getting that hangry, terrible, I'm going to die if I don't eat feeling, instead you go, hmm, my glycogen stores are empty. The circulating glucose is gone. Time to move over into the body. And it starts happening and you don't feel those terrible, awful feelings anymore, right? But you have to wait for that to happen. And so when does that magic happen as far as in the 24-hour period? Um, you know, some teachers teach that it happens in 12 hours. I think that is a little bit um, ambitious as far as I think that there are so many factors that come into play as to when it happens. And that's why I really promote a longer fasting window that we fast for, um, you know, 18, 19, 20 hours so that we get into that fat adaption state and our body starts burning its own fat stores. So, but there are some things that affect it. So you can make your body start burning its own body fat sooner if you want to. And you can do that uh, based on how long you've been fasting. If you've been doing this for three to four weeks and you don't, you don't, stop and start you don't have like days that you eat for like 10 or 12 or 14 hours uh, because you got all that to burn through every time you do that so uh you can you can do it based on how much glycogen is stored and how much circulating glucose you have uh so you can eat less during your eating window that's one way you can do it you can it can be based on how long your eating window was because the longer your eating window the more opportunity you have to fill your glycogen stores. It can be based on how long you fast. Again, that whole, uh, if, if it's going to start happening at the 16-hour mark and you only fast for 16 hours, you don't let your body go into the fat adaption. You don't let your body go into fat burning. So you want to extend it longer sometimes. Every hour you go after your body starts burning its fat stores is more hours that you're burning your own body fat. Um, it's based on whether you exercise or not. Some uh, exercise, like HIT proponents, they believe that you can actually burn through all your glycogen stores from yesterday in an hour of HIT, which is hard to do. But fasting is, t is a type of exercise for your body. So you are doing the same thing in a long fast, in a 16, 18, 20-hour fast, that your body does when you exercise. How cool is that? And it's based on what you eat in your eating window. Keto people will start burning their body fat faster because they don't have uh, any carbs or as many carbs to burn through. And they don't have as much protein. They have more fat. And so they automatically go into fat burning faster. So this has a lot of effect on your eating window and how you choose 
how long your eating window is going to be, how long your fasting window is going to be, what you're going to eat during it. And that's one reason why with the OMAD over three, I like to start with a low carb food because then I just keep myself kind of in that fat burning longer by not eating um, carbs at first. So that's really helpful, too. So anyway, I hope that this has been helpful to you to see that there are a lot of factors that can push you into fat burning and push you into the whole idea of fat adapted. And, um, you know, you can just write it out. Do an 18, do 18, six. Just don't worry about what you eat during your eating window. Once appetite correction is is in, you know, that you that you're not binging anymore. And in a year, you'll be a different person. Or if you want it to go faster, those are some things that you can do to make it go faster. So I am going to be out of time today, but I'm going to talk just for a minute about a Plexus product. So jump off if you're not interested in supplementation. But if you are, I'd love to have you stay on for a little bit of Plexus information. So most of you know that I'm an ambassador for Plexus, and I supplement every day, and I feel like it really helps me through my fast. A lot of people fast without any supplementation at all, so don't feel like this is mandatory, but if you want to stay on and learn what I use and how it helps me, that's great too. Last week in episode 11, I talked about Plexus Slim, and it comes like this, and it is a little packet that you shake into water. You don't need a blender or anything, and you drink it, and it curbs your carbs craving, carb cravings, reduces your appetite, increases your metabolism, gives you energy, and so forth. Now, actually, the Slim is a part of what we call our triplex, and this is what my husband and I use every day. And uh, the triplex is three products that uh, work synergistically to help you with weight loss, pain, inflammation, sleep, rest, and fat burning. And so, um, there are clinical studies associated with these three. There are clinical studies associated with this as well. So if you would like the clinical studies, let me know, and I can send them to you. But I'm going to talk about the second part of the triplex today, and that is the BioCleanse. Now, BioCleanse sounds like something that you're going to use once in a while for a cleanse, but it is not. It is a magnesium supplement that oxygenizes the body. So in... uh Formal terms, it helps cleanse the gastrointestinal tract, but it does it daily in a gentle way. So it's not like this all or nothing cleanse. We take these every day and it is a magnesium supplement, which has helped me tremendously with leg cramps and foot cramps and so forth. And, um, I had, was way deficient in magnesium. And so it really, really helped me with my magnesium deficiency. Many, many people, they say something like 85%. This is statistics floating around of people are deficient in magnesium. So, um, it reduces gas, bloating, and discomfort. It helps promote regularity. Um, it helps us to remove harmful bacteria. And so it just cleanses out the gastrointestinal tract so that you are always always cleanse. So it's not like uh, an all at once, you know, whoosh. It is a daily supplement that helps people who are irregular, helps people with a lot of issues like with um, uh, GI problems, irregularity, um, all kinds of uh, bowel infirmities. It just, uh, the testimonials are amazing of what this product does. It also oxygenizes the uh, entire body which uh, helps with energy too. So it is just a great 
magnesium supplement that is more than just a magnesium supplement and that people get really, really great results with. And when it's paired with our uh, triplex, it is a really big help for uh, weight loss and um, energy as well. So anyway, keep on watching for intermittent fasting help um, every day at the Intermittent Fasting Journal Facebook group and blog posts, videos, and so forth at um, DonnaReach.com. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will leave you with our song. Bodies are flaming. Full on.